You are welcome to Moment of Truth. I am Adeshola Deyemi. As you listen, I pray that the Lord will open your heart to understand His counsels in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this day for your blessings. Thank you, God, for your for the faithfulness that you have extended unto us. We are grateful, O God, because morning by morning, you load us with daily benefits. Thank you, O God, because in this difficult time, you have been our shield, you have been our protector, you have been our provider. We are not taking all these blessings for granted. Lord, accept our thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask, O God, that the entrance of your word, the scripture says, it gives light and understanding unto the simple. At this time, O God, we pray that your word will bring light upon our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for having answered our prayers. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. We... I've been looking at the issue of prayers that attracts the attention of God. We've had four series, and by the grace of God, we will be going to the fifth part this day as the Lord leaves. As a way of reminder, we need to remember that the last time we looked at the importance of recognizing the fatherhood of God. Recognizing the fatherhood of God is a prerequisite for anyone who will lift his voice unto the Lord and bend his knees, his or her knees in the place of prayer and will get the attraction of God. If and only the person recognizes or recognizes the fatherhood of God. And I remember very well that we saw three things that must characterize a person who will recognize the fatherhood of God. The first one is that such a person must be born of God. He must have been born of God. And that implies he or she does not sin any longer. We also noticed that such a person must honor God honoring God, honoring his name. And I remembered we said that that simply connotes upholding the holiness of God, upholding the holiness of God. And we also saw that such a person must be ready to be disciplined by God because a father would always discipline his children especially because he wants such children to become to come out better to come out uh, good in life so we will continue on that note as we go back to our passage which is still going to be matthew chapter 6 matthew chapter 6 i will start reading from verse 9 matthew chapter 6 uh, from verse 9 to verse 15. I read from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors sorry as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil verse 14 for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses amen prayers that attract the attention of god as i said this is going to be the fifth part as we together look at what is the interest of god that makes him bend his ears to people whose knees are bent unto him and i want to encourage us as we listen to this not to forget uh, each point that we have been looking at since when we began considering that matthew chapter 6 verse 10 is going to be our focus for today uh, we may not be able to take all that are entrenched that are involving in that verse 10 but wherever we are able to get to i trust that the lord will make his mind uh, conveyed unto us with understanding in jesus name now jesus said that while we pray our prayers should reflect a passion for his kingdom that is what we can see from that verse 10 the bible says that okay if i take it from that verse 9 it says pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your kingdom come now let me quickly say that prayers that we attract god's attention must come from a heart that has the desire for the kingdom of god and the operations of the kingdom of god god will always bend his ears to listen to the voice of a man or a woman who in his heart there is a desire for the kingdom of god who in his heart there is a passion there is a willingness to ensure that the operations of the kingdom of god are glaring to all god is always looking out for people who are interested in upholding his kingdom now when we talk about the kingdom of god what are we talking about let me quickly uh, let me begin by saying that generally when we talk about kingdom we know that a kingdom is a domain of a king in fact i think it come it came from those two words king and domain so a kingdom is the domain of a king and what do i mean by domain a kingdom is uh, a place of operation of a king 
So every kingdom must have a king or should have a king by necessity. Every kingdom has a king. Now, the king in a kingdom exercises exclusive rights. He has exclusive rights to determine what happens in his kingdom. A king, you know, sets the rule. That's another thing we need to note. A king sets the rule of oppression in his kingdom because it is his kingdom. He has been given the mandate to oversee the kingdom. He has been given the mandate to ensure that there is orderliness in his kingdom. He has the mandate to safeguard the lives of people. So, and part of what a king puts in place in achieving this purpose as the king in the kingdom is ensuring that there are rules, there are sets of rules that guides the operations of the kingdom. And we also need to note that since he is the one who sets the rules of operation for the kingdom, he also has the responsibility to discipline in the kingdom. Now don't forget, last time we looked at the fatherhood of God and we saw that one of the things that most characterize uh, a child that is following a father or a child who calls a man his father is that he must be disciplined by necessity. And in the same way, a king who exercises authority and leadership over a place, over his kingdom, has the right to discipline. So he he comes up with measures of discipline in his kingdom, especially for violators, for people who violates the laid down rules and principles that governs the kingdom. The kingdom of God in this context now, as we are looking at the importance of getting God's attention via the desire that the kingdom of God should come. The the, the kingdom of God in this context now is simply the reign of God in the hearts of men and in the life of men. So a man that will bend his knees in the place of prayer and get the attention of God must be someone who has the desire to see the reign of God in operation in the life of men and in the hearts of men. Such a person must be someone who clamors for the operations of the kingdom of God in the life of others. And you see, you cannot give unto people what you do not have. So by necessity, such a person must primarily very important for us to take note of this such a person must primarily ensure that the reign of god is in his heart god is reigning in his heart god must be reigning in the heart of a person who will bend his knees and would want god to pay attention to his cries. 
People who pray for the kingdom of God must first be people who have the desire to see God in operation, to allow God to freely operate in their hearts and in their life. Now, permit me to say that, of course, biblical scholars aside agreeing or believing that the kingdom of God is the reign of God in the heart of men, they also look at the reign of God as what is futuristic, something that is considered as uh, to, to happen in the future, that the, the, the reign of God is, I mean, the kingdom of God is about the coming, the second coming of Christ to reign in the lives of men, to, 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 to reign and rule in the affairs of men. But primarily it is agreed also that it is about the reign of God in our hearts at the present time. And that is what I am pitching my tent with for this charge this time. So it is very important for us to note that when you clamor for the reign, I mean for the kingdom of God to come, it is first and foremost God reigning in your heart. So the question is this. Even though you have been bending your knees severally in the place of prayer, is God reigning in your heart? Don't forget, we saw the last time that whosoever we call God is Father must have been born of God. Now, this is a rider to being born of God. God must be reigning in the hearts of whosoever he will pay attention to in the place of prayer. So there must be that passion that God let your reign overtake my heart. Let your reign be the guiding factor in my heart. And I hope we know that when God is the king in your heart, then you are ready to be abide by his principles you are ready to abide by the guiding principles of his domain of his kingdom don't forget i said that every kingdom has guiding principles and our guiding principles as believers is nothing but the word of god unfortunately we have bunch of believers who do not want to be guided by the scriptures let me give you an instance of what it means to be guided, you know, for, for God to be reigning in our hearts and we are guided by that. For instance, if you are listening to me and you are a business person, it means you do business according to the guiding principles of the scriptures. If you are a teacher, you are teaching students in school, it means you teach with the consciousness of the fact that there is a king who is reigning in your heart and he guides how you administer the responsibilities that have been given into your hand. If you are a civil servant and God is reigning in your heart, it means that you do your duties with the consciousness that you are a representative of that king who is reigning and ruling in your heart. You not get to work eight o'clock and sign 730. 
So when God is the king over your heart, when he is reigning in your heart, then you, you are hopeful. You, you allow him operations because he is the king. And everything you do must be guided by that. Now, God is always conscious. He's always painstaking in, in checking how many people in my domain abides by my guiding principle. So the kingdom of God is the reign of God in our heart. And when that reign is operational in our heart, it simply implies that we allow the guiding principle of the kingdom to be seen by all as we live our life on daily basis. So these are very important issues for us to take note of. Now, the kingdom of God is it has its own characteristics as well. And the scriptures point out some of these characteristics of the kingdom of God to us. We are going to look at uh, maybe about four of it in a jiffy and we close Romans chapter 14 verse 17 we look at Romans chapter 14 verse 17 I'm going to read from here Romans 14 verse 17 let me read first I will read from here. Let me read first from uh, the English Standard Version, the ESV, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Now, the scripture says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now let me read verse 18 with it. It says, Whoever does serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now, the Bible points out three things that characterizes the kingdom of God in verse 17 and two things that it is not about. The scripture says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating <clears throat> excuse me, and drinking. You see, what that is simply pointing out is that it is not about what we want to eat. It is not about food. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people who have mortgaged the gospel because of their belly. They have made their belly their God. Because of what they want to eat, they live anyhow, they, you know, they, 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 they trample on the principles of the kingdom. But the scripture says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of what satisfies your belly. So if you are listening this day and you are a person that has been given only to what is important to your belly, you are missing it outrightly. 
The kingdom of God is not about food. It is not about what we eat. It is about life. So the scriptures now says that if it is not a matter of eating and drinking, then what is it about? I love the way the contemporary English version puts it. I'm going to pitch my tent on that for this church as you listen this day. The contemporary English version says that God's kingdom isn't about eating and drinking. Now listen to this. It says it is about pleasing God, about living in peace, and about true happiness. Now there are three things that we need to note that must characterize the operations of the kingdom of God in our hearts, in our lives. And the first thing is this. It must be characterized by righteousness. You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, as well as uh, Psalms 45, but let's look at Hebrews chapter 1, speaking about the king of our kingdom, the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, let me read from verse 8. The scripture says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Now let me quickly say that the kingdom of God is eternal. You see, when the kingdom of God comes to the hearts of a man, when the reign of God becomes operational in the heart of a man, the scripture tells us in John that it comes with eternal life. When we accept Christ, we have accepted eternal life. So that kingdom is eternal. It grants unto us the privilege to live eternally. It grants unto us the privilege, even if we die healthily, we will continue to live and to reign with Him. Now, when the scriptures now says that your throne knows God is forever and ever. Now, look at it. It says the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. Verse 9 says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Now, the king of the kingdom is righteous. And he expects that every member of his kingdom, by necessity, would live a righteous life. That's why the scripture says that the kingdom of God is not about drinking, it is not about eating, but first and foremost, it is about living right. Look at that contemporary version. It says it is about pleasing God. Now, the question that you need to think, to reflect upon very deeply as you are listening to me this day, either in the morning or in the afternoon or in the night, is this. Am I living right? Am I pleasing God? Is my life pleasing God? You see, this kept coming our way that we need to live right if we want to attract the attention of God to ourselves. If we want to attract the attention of God anytime we bend our knees, then our lives must be correct. Our lives must be right because the kingdom of God is characterized by righteousness. The king in the kingdom, the Bible says that the scepter of his, you know, his scepter, a scepter is a sign of authority. He judges with righteousness. 
You know, the scripture tells us in the book of uh, Proverbs, I think chapter, is it 25 or 26 now, that it is expected of the king to do right. So, there is no how our God can be unrighteous. There is no how our God can be unrighteous. Because his throne is established in righteousness. His throne is established in uprightness. So it is very important for us to note that righteousness is non-negotiable for anyone. And I repeat, for anyone whose prayer would attract the attention of God. And I hope we know that righteousness is not a function of what people see alone. It is a function of what goes on in the secrets. A man that is righteous in the open must be righteous in his heart. A man who will express righteousness before people in the open must be someone who in his closet is living right. So the Bible says it is about pleasing God because the scepter of the, 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 you know, the, the mark of authority of our king in that kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. And that's why the scripture says that you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Now what that simply implies is if a man claims to have the kingdom of God in his heart, but he still goes about with wicked acts, then God will always shut his ears to him because that does not characterize what happens in the kingdom. The kingdom is characterized with righteousness and the operations of the kingdom must reflect righteousness. The second thing that we need to note because of time, the scriptures also says in that uh, Romans chapter 14 verse 7 that the kingdom of God is about peace. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace. A man who would bend his knees and attract the attention of God must be a man that is peace-loving. He must not be someone who will be before God today in, in crying and in praying. But next moment is fighting all around in the streets. He must not be someone who people cannot confidently walk up to because they know is a troublesome person. Are you listening? You are a woman that is so contentious. Though prayerful, contention does not go with prayer. A person who will attract God's attention to himself or herself must be a peace-loving person because we serve the Prince of Peace. You know, the scripture says in Isaiah that of his kingdom and peace, 
there shall be no hand. Now, the, there must be the operations of the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, operating freely in your hearts. Unfortunately, so many of us, we can be so contentious, always fighting, fighting over menial things, causing trouble over things that are insignificant. Husbands and wives fighting over things that should not even be heard of. And after fighting, they go and bend their knees in prayer, thinking that God can be fooled. God cannot be fooled. God has already established it that His kingdom is characterized with peace. So when your life, when you are not a peaceful person, then you are not ready to attract God's attention to yourself anytime you bend your knees in prayer. Do not be a contentious person. Do not be a trouble-loving person. Peace. It is good for us to be peaceful. Peacefulness has fruits. And part of the fruits of fruitfulness, I mean of peacefulness, is that you get the attention of God because God himself is peaceful. Who is that person that you are fighting with? Peace must characterize our life. And the next thing that we need to note is that the Bible says that joy in the Holy Ghost. That is talking about true happiness. I hope we know that joy, being joyful is not the same thing as being happy. Happiness could be so short-lived, but joy lasts. Joy is when you have the joy of God in your heart, operating in your heart, even when things are not going on well, even when you have not received the you know the, 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 the answers to your prayer, there is a joy that overshadows your heart. There must be the joy of your position as a child of God that operates easily. The kingdom of God is full of joy. And that joy must characterize your life if you want to attract God's attention to yourself anytime you bend your knees with prayer. I mean, in, in prayer. Joy in the Holy Spirit. The joy that the Holy Spirit gives. I just pray for you that that joy in any way you might have been experiencing sorrow or sadness of heart, the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit will flush it out and you will tabernacle permanently upon your heart in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is important for us to take note of this, that the kingdom of God must be characterized with righteousness, it must be characterized with peace, it must be characterized with joy. Now the last thing that I want to talk about that must characterize the kingdom of God, you know, that characterizes the kingdom of God and that must reflect in our life can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. The scripture says that 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in 
power. You see, the kingdom of God, we are the word of the king he is. The scripture says that there is power. And the king that rules in our kingdom, he exercises power, he exercises authority. And for his citizens who are law-abiding, who are living rightly, he has vested into them that power. You know, the scripture teaches us that we have been given a name that is above every other name. That is power. That is authority. The scripture says that for those who believe in my name, these and greater things shall they do. That is power. Now, Children of the kingdom must be people who do not fidget. Hearing of one demon somewhere, hearing of one trouble. You know, when I see people running from pillar to post because of because of the fear of being killed or being molested by a demon, you maybe you are listening, you have not been going to your to, to, to your village because you have been told that there is a demon in your village that kills people whenever they are making it. It is because you have not come to understand that we are the word of the king, he there is power. So there is an authority that God gives unto us. So you see, there must be the operations of that power. There must be the understanding that I have authority in Christ. So these four things must characterize the life of any man who wants to gain the attention of God. You know, when the scripture says that do not give treasures to swine because they will trample on it. Now, if you do not understand very well that the the, the authority that you have is meant to be used positively for the kingdom of God and you use it negatively, then God will shut his ears onto you. Of course, there is power. But that power is not meant to be abused. Unfortunately, we have ministers of the gospel who curse people with the authority that God has given unto them. We have people who will say, I will curse you because I am I have been anointed. I'm a child of God. I live in the kingdom of God. That authority was not given unto us to become a problem unto people. So when God knows that this person will misuse the power that I have vested into him, he shuts his ears to such people. Of course, the kingdom is characterized with power, but it is not meant to be misused. Now, people in whose life these characters are missing, let them spend hours, let them spend days, let them go to the mountain for 30 days, one year, in as much as you are not living rightly, in as much as you are not a peace-loving person, in as much as you do not have the joy that oozes from the Holy Spirit, in as much as you are an abuser of power and authority, then you are not ready to attract God's attention. Can you close your eyes and talk to the Lord? Father, help me to accommodate your reign in my heart help me to accommodate your kingdom let my heart be a dwelling place let your kingdom 
be fully operational in my heart. I told us that the kingdom of God is first and foremost the reign of God in the hearts of men. Is God reigning in your heart? Who reigns in your heart? You want to ask God for several things. You want to bend your knees in prayer. You love prayer. In fact, prayer may be your hobby. But if God is not reigning in your heart, if He shut His ears to your heart, then prayers. Can you talk to the Lord and say, Father, come and take your place fully in my heart. And we also saw that the kingdom of God is characterized with righteousness. That is not negotiable. Living right. Are you living right? Even though you are spending your days, your years, your, you know, everything on one mountain to the other, your mountain may even be in your room. You may be praying in your room. Your mountain may be in your room. Yes. But if you are not living right, then you are not ready to attract God's attention. Can you just ask the Lord, Father, help me to live right. Help me to live right. Help me to live correct lives. And if you have been, you know, you have been living your life just anyhow, and you are listening to this message, can you just pray and say, Father, I plead with you, forgive me of my sins. You see, we keep coming to this because it is a principle of life of the kingdom that does not change. It is a standard principle that God will always check anytime there is a knock on his door with our prayer requests. Can you ask the Lord, Father, please help me to be a peace-loving person. Are you contentious? You are always fighting with your husband. You are always fighting with your wife. You are always fighting with your siblings. You are always fighting with people in the streets. And you want to gain the attention of God each time you pray. Then you need to mend your ways and say, Father, help me to be a peace-loving person. Help me to be a peace-loving person. Help me to be a peace-loving person. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.